Hey friends, what's happening? It's Rob Z. We're living forward on this podcast. It's, that's what it's all about. Intentionally living your life in a forward direction. That's why I'm super excited to have Peggy Caruso on with us today. Peggy Caruso, let me let me give you this bio of the work that she's done. Certified executive and personal development coach, best-selling author, eight-time entrepreneur, and a certified relaxation therapist. We could all use some of that right now. She's also the founder and host of the Revolutionized Podcast, which you can find on all podcast apps. She's been interviewed on NBC, CBS, Success Magazine, Reader's Digest, uh, Franchise Handbook, Advancing Women, and also now on the Rob Z Radio Podcast as well. She has written four books in the Revolutionized series and has been trademarked through the United States Patent and Trademark Office. How cool is that? Uh, her newest book, Take the First Shot, Strategies, to fire you up and change your life is out right now. You can buy that on Amazon and it will be in bookstores in February of 2021. She is an owner of Life Coaching and Beyond LLC and Fireside Investments LLC, a true entrepreneur, a true overcomer of incredible odds. And she has so much wisdom for you today. So thank you for being a part of the podcast. Make sure you live your life forward. Make sure that what you're doing is positive and creates positive momentum and for you and for others around you. Create those win-wins in your life. And let's dive in to this conversation with Peggy Caruso. We're going to get into a bunch of different things today, uh, especially talking about your fourth book, Take the First Shot. But I want to ask you, because uh, I'm a big believer in quotes. I, I, I have them written all over my room, actually, as I wake up in the morning so I can look at them. What is a quote uh, that you live by or one that's always stuck in your head that's kind of guided you through what you do um no one can make you feel inferior without your consent by eleanor roosevelt wow that's that. huge i use it all the time and in what way do you use that in your life so because i know for me that man does that ring true if, if you don't let somebody's words affect you they really have no hold over you how have you used that moving forward and doing what you do I use it in many ways in my own personal life and then through my coaching practice. People in general tend to focus on what other people think. And as long as you know who and what you are inside, that's all that matters. But it is probably one of the most difficult things that I see for people to let go of gossip or someone says this and it's not true and it's really bothering me. But if you know in your heart, because when you I always say to my clients and for myself that um, you ask yourself, can I change this? If I can change it, how? And if you can't, you have to get it out of here. Because if you keep something stuck in here that you can't change, then it's just going to cause you saboteurs, bad habits, negativity. So part of you know, not worrying about what other people think goes hand in hand with that. That will consume you, control you, and you give them power by doing that. So what you want to do is take away their power. It doesn't matter what people think. And that's the, that's the thing. It's so easy to say, right? It's so easy to say, it doesn't matter what people think. I don't care what people think. But unconsciously, it creeps in, especially for me, a lot. And I, and I really try to be mindful of, of the fact that I am trying to live out who I know I truly am and who I can be and not what other what somebody else thinks of me. I've been I've been studying stoicism a lot recently. And the idea in stoicism is that uh, you know, 
you have control over everything. So even if something out of your control happens to you, you still have control over how you react to the situation. Exactly. React and respond. Yeah. And I, like I said, it's so easy to say, but so hard to do. Do you, do you still catch yourself listening to the, what somebody else might think of you inside of your own head? Or have you just developed a, a strategy to get past that? I, I do not let it get to me. I used to. Um, it actually had some control over me at one point, but I have worked so hard on myself and, you know, I have so many people that will say, you know, I work hard on myself and I always say, well, how, how, what are you doing? Because people say that, but you, but I don't think they realize you're not really working on yourself. It's hard to make positive changes. It's hard to break habits. You know, I always say, you know, failure is only failure when you don't get back up, but you have to figure out why you're making the mistakes you're making and then be able to turn it around. And as you said, it is you know, a little tiny creeping in, you know, that says, oh, maybe you do care about that. But when you become strong, like I always talk about a mental foundation, when you really have that mental strength, you can do it. So what does that process look like for you? I'm curious, whenever you say you're working on yourself, what are those tactics that you use that help you to, to build and maintain that stability? Well, one thing is I could talk about some very complex uh, things that I have done, but you could never just give somebody a, a strategic plan of action until you get them to change the smaller things. And I talk about a mental foundation. Um, there's four components to that, I believe, and it is meditation, gratitude, positive affirmations, and journaling. Mm. And I call it a mental foundation because just as a foundation of a house supports the weight of the house, your mental foundation is what makes you stronger and be able to take charge of yourself mentally and to make positive changes and to break bad habits. I'm always curious about journaling because I do, I do journal, but I don't, I'm not as consistent as when I listen to somebody else who's very uh, deep into journaling, talk about it. They have a very routinely set up way that they journal on a daily basis. What does that look like for you? I'm, I, I'm just to let you know, like I'm, I'm the kind of person that I, I always feel like I have to get it perfect. And I know that I don't, but I love hearing what somebody else has to say about something like journaling to know how they do it, to get an idea of like, am I doing this right? Is it work? And as long as it's working for you, you're doing it right. But what does it look like for you? Well, there's no right or wrong way to journal. It, it, I try to get all of my clients to journal because there are many reasons. First of all, most successful people in the world will tell you that they journal. It's really important to, to do it because number one, it releases your emotions. So when you can't release your emotions, you implode or explode, correct? So you journal them and it helps release them. The other thing it does is track your progress so that when you start and you look back and you go, oh my gosh, being stuck in that negative, that would have taken me five days to get out of. Then it's down to five hours to five minutes. So it helps you track your progress and your non-productive actions and your productive actions. So there is no right or wrong way. It's it, it just, do you like to write? You can, if you love to do like a diary, you could write page after page. And the more you write, of course, the better. But if you're someone who doesn't like to write, like a lot of people say, Peggy, I don't have time for that or I don't want to do that. Just write a sentence or two to help you uh, be aware of what your negative uh, thoughts are so you can see what your saboteurs are and then be able to turn it around. Is that something you do in the morning and at night or do you do it like throughout the day as things pop up? It depends on 
the, for me, it depends on the day. Um, like meditation is something I find very helpful to do in the morning. Journaling, I could do pretty much anytime. If I have a negative situation, I usually just write a couple words and then maybe put it into the journal at night or maybe the following morning. You're giving me an idea right now as we're talking and maybe I, maybe I gave myself the idea. I don't know, but I'm thinking like, I always hit this wall around like two or three o'clock of like an existential crisis. I shouldn't say always, but some days I hit this wall of like, what am I doing with my life? And I think that would be a perfect time to stop whatever I am doing and start writing down how I'm feeling and get that out of my brain. Absolutely. Try it for a while. It's, it's really beneficial. And the thing I've noticed too is, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you probably do this too, but I, I plan out my day the day before and, and really anything that I'm worrying about, thinking about, if I'm stressing about something, I didn't used to do this. So then I was, I was carrying all these thoughts in my head of things that I had to do. Once you put them on paper or on your computer, even it's like, your brain is like, ah, oh, now I can relax because I got all that stuff I was carrying out of my head. Yeah. Plus when you start ticking them off, it just is such a motivator and you just want to keep going and it, it makes you more productive because you're like, ah, oh, I did that. I accomplished that and that and that. There's so many ways that people tell you how to do your to-do list or prioritize or do your big things first or do your small things first. What, again, whatever works for you. Some people, uh, it's a motivator to begin small. And when you start getting rid of some of them, you, your list looks so much shorter. But if you start with a big one, that's also a motivator because it's like, whoo, everything else is going to be a breeze. And I know you, you have a relationship with Jack Canfield. And I was going through his self-esteem course at one point, and he was talking about having a, a, a stack where you put the, the things that need done right away on top and the things that are soon to be done in the middle and then yeah. stuff that you can get to later at the bottom. That also, which I, I try to stick to that, is incredibly helpful, especially with mail and and stuff that bills and things like that. But all of those things just release stuff out of your brain. Yes. Writing is amazing for many reasons. Yes. So I'm curious about the book. Take the first shot. The title, I know you shouldn't always judge a book by its cover, but the title says to me, like, you have to just start, just begin. And then you're going to figure out your, your mission or your path along the way. Am I getting the title right? Or is it a totally different idea? It is. It is right. Um, so good for you. And that makes me feel good because that's, you know, the premise of it. Um, I, I began writing the book because in all of my experience with writing clients, media, I've been interviewed on TV, radio, podcast, magazines, whether it's the client or whether it's the media, everybody just says, Peggy, tell me something, just help me get started. And so what happens is um, if you put a strategic plan of action and slide it across the desk, people become overwhelmed and, and they won't do it. It's kind of like, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, everybody does their resolutions and they dive in and then by, you know, say the weight loss ones and they hit the gym in January, by February, everybody's falling off because they set goals that are too high for themselves. So the reason with the meaning behind the book is to take the first shot is start with incremental steps. Just take a step. It is a motivator. Just like when we were talking different things with the journaling, it is a motivator that as soon as you do one little thing to start making positive change, you just want to do more and more and more. So there's over a hundred strategies in there to help you get started, whether it's in relationships, friendships, health, parenting, 
our elderly loved ones, work-life balance, or just personal development. Those are the chapters. So it covers every part of your life to take a shot and just start somewhere. Very cool. And I think that's huge because I know for me personally, I have no problems taking the first shot in certain areas of my life, but in other areas of my life, I'll procrastinate for years or I have procrastinated for years on things that I know I should start tackling right away, especially when it comes to like, uh, you know, close personal family relationships that you want to like mend or fix, mm -hmm. but you don't want to be the one to start the conversation or you don't want to be the one to put yourself out there to admit fault or to uh, ask a, like a, a deep personal question that you've wanted answered for so long. And that can be really, it, it, it's scary. The more you build it up, right? The more you create it in your mind, the bigger yeah. the thing gets. And sure. eventually it's this, you've created this giant monster. That's like a mouse, you know, it, it's really, really nothing. So what do you say in that book? Like what is, and I, this is, I guess is maybe more of a personal question, but I know a lot of us have this when it comes to personal relationships in your life and maybe people in your life that you've had issues with for years, but you've never really even brought up the issue, let alone resolved it. What advice do you give? Well, you have to weigh that and decide, should you say something or should you not? There are times where seeking out silence is the best thing. And sometimes not saying anything is more effective than confronting it. But I am somebody who is huge about effective communication. You can confront anyone as long as you do it effectively. You don't need to yell and, and, and say bad things. You don't need to point the finger at anyone, but you can bring a lot of hard things up very effectively. Like you can always start by telling somebody a positive, what you love about them instead of what you're mad at. And when you do that, it kind of like makes it a calming situation between the two of you. And then you can go into what the issue is and then try to find a resolution. But if you're dealing with someone who will never admit that they played any role in it, or if they're very controversial and depending on how uh, close you are to the person, you may not want to even confront the situation. I, a mentor of mine gave me advice at one point. This was just recently actually to, if you don't feel like you want to go say something, then why don't you just write down exactly what you're feeling? And he's yep. a big, he's a big believer in the universe is going to sort it out. Uh, so he's like, write it down, put it on paper and it'll sort itself out. Is that mm -hmm. a, a piece of advice that you give? I think that's important because it's that release. A lot of times what happens to us is we create a monster in here because we keep rolling the situation around in our minds. So you want to get all the negativity out of your mind. So I, a lot of times I'll tell people, and I'm sure you've heard it, it's a, it's a very good thing strategy is to write a letter to the person you're upset with and stick it in a drawer. Take it out in a week, read it, put it back in, keep doing that for a month. And you know what? Normally you, you say, eh, it's not worth it for me to send it. And then you throw it away or burn it. It's just symbolic, but it's almost like gone, you know, and it's very, very helpful. Very. That's great advice. What inspired you, this, this book, what inspired you to write it? What, what was going on in your life that you felt like you had to create it? Well, I think mainly is what I had originally talked about is um, that people will come here, whether it's they're bringing somebody, a child, or maybe they're coming with their spouse, or maybe it is for them. Everyone always just says, just 
tell me something to do to get me started. Just do something. You know, everybody wants a quick fix. Yeah. You can't fix a major problem in less than a minute, but you can take a step. You can begin and you can do something that motivates you to take another step and another step. And the book is very simple and it's, it's an easy read. And it's, I can't tell you how many compliments I've received on it. So it makes me feel good that people are using it in real life, like for relationships, especially like there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's that kind of book I'd imagine where every page that you read, you have to put it down and put something into action. Uh, some books I have, I can read the whole way through no issue. And I get a lot of great information out of them. Some books, each page is like, well, now I got to stop for a day or two and put this stuff into work. And then I can continue on with it. Is that, is that kind of book? Uh, it depends on where you're at and what your situation is. <laughs> like some people have multiple problems in multiple areas like relationships and maybe parenting or work-life balance is huge. That is one of the biggest things that I have uh, within my coaching is, is finding that balance between personal and professional and they go hand in hand. So you have to find the balance. Very true. Uh, I'm curious, what is the lesson that you've had to learn? And you maybe just alluded to it there, the work-life balance issue, a lesson that you've had to learn yourself over and over and over again until you got it. Slow down. Slow down. Because I am somebody who is very high energy. I'm a visual person. You give a visual person something to do, they're going to get it done. Um, I'm, I'm fast at everything I do, but sometimes I'm too fast. And I always thought like, I'm so productive. I'm up at, you know, four in the morning and I can stay up till 11 at night and I just go, go, go. And I get it all done. But I found meditation, calming my mind and calming my body makes me far more productive, mm. far more productive. So you, do you wake up at four o'clock in the morning? Is that still you? I usually wake up at five okay, and, you know, get up and I, I'm an exercise person. So I really like to get my day started, like getting my energy flow going, because I believe, you know, we are energy. And so if you get yourself in a positive energy flow at the very beginning of the day, key to having a perfect day, you're able to turn negativity around better. So if you, you know, have that good breakfast and you do your exercises and your meditation and your positive affirmations and do your gratitude before you even get out of bed, you have a good start at the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you say we're all energy, I love this topic and I could talk about it for about a, a decade straight. <laughs> <laughs> talk a little bit about that. What does, what does it mean? I mean, technically, scientifically, yes, we are all energy. We're all vibrating. Yes. So what does it mean to you? Like when you say you get up and you get your energy flowing, because that's, that's an easy thing to say. And I can tell that you know a lot more about it than just saying the, the statement. What does it mean to you? Like, what does that feel like to you? Uh, when you when you say that, when you, when you try to uh, uh, intellectualize, intellectualize, like I am made of energy, what does that mean to you? I don't even know if that's the right question, but I think I kind of got it out. <laughs> it, it gets me excited. It's like, People will say, Peggy, you named all that, all of that. I don't have time to do all that, but you're not listening to what I'm doing. Meditation is clearing your mind, which takes minutes when you get good at it. Mm -hmm. uh, positive affirmation takes a minute. Like I am going to have a great day. I am successful. I'm going to accomplish this, 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 this. Those are positive affirmations and gratitude. It just does something for you. I say five things every day that I'm grateful for before my foot hits 
that floor and they're different. And it's not always about family. We, of course, we're grateful for our family, but things like um, electricity, you know, you hear people complain like, oh my gosh, your power was out for so long last night, but you don't walk around saying, oh, I love electricity, but I do. And so you have to realize that positive and negative can't occupy your mind at the same time. And negative is the dominant emotion. So you want to work really hard at turning it to positive. So if you utilize that time in the morning to get yourself in a positive energy flow, it's easier to counter negativity, which you will hear. Um, I always use the example where people say, oh, there's 50% chance of rain today. You know, there's 50% chance of sunshine. So people don't walk around saying that because negative usually is the dominant emotion. Yeah, very true. And I, I feel like it, if you, if you don't pay attention, it will mm -hmm. dominate your life. And that's where awareness comes in. Yeah. Um, do you, when you meditate, do you have a certain place you go to? Do you have a certain spot that you, that holds kind of sacred to bed. you? In my bed. In your mm -hmm. bed laying down. Yep. Cool. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, you, usually don't hear that it's usually like i have a spot on the floor or something like that so you lay down in your bed and meditate and uh I do. that's wonderful okay very cool do you do you let it like let you fall asleep with it like do you just meditate until you fall asleep like in the evening i do it helps me fall asleep because i do i incorporate breathing because i do relaxation therapy um people don't understand meditation and it's very hard to just lay in total silence and clear your mind. I can do it because I've been doing it for 14 years. Mm -hmm. But I always encourage people to start with a guided meditation, like Deepak Chopra. He's phenomenal. And I know you know who he is, but he has a very calming voice. He keeps mm -hmm. you focused on a, a positive mantra. To That's where the strengthening comes in to help when your mind starts to wander and rein it back in. So I always recommend people start with guided, but I don't have to use guided for myself. Where do you get Deepak Chopra's guided meditations from? I've... It's free on the internet, actually. And Are they he, really? He and Oprah Winfrey do a uh, 21 free day um, meditation thing that they offer for 21 days. And they do it sporadically. It's not all the time that they offer the free one, but probably a couple times a year. And um, it's fabulous because it's free and it's 21 days and Oprah talks for just a minute in the beginning and she turns it over to Deepak and the first part of it, he really gets you in a calm state of mind, teaches you how to focus on the mantra if your mind wanders. And then for the second half, he just plays music and tells mm -hmm. you that if your mind starts to wander, rein it back in with the mantra or the positive message. And it's so helpful to build that strengthening process within your mind. Mm, very cool. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is another great one. He has some great uh, mm -hmm. meditations that are great for nighttime. And the Headspace app, too, I've used as well. They have some great yeah, ones in there. a lot of people use that, yeah. Um, so when you're doing your coaching, whether it's business or life coaching, when do you see people start to grow and succeed the most? When do you, Is there a certain point or a certain, uh, a certain light bulb that clicks, that turns on when you start to see people change and grow? Yeah, when they have their aha moment, and it's usually when they recognize what they have been doing wrong. People come into coaching and tend to want to blame circumstances and people for where they're at in their life. But when you find out what role you played, like uh, example, being in an abusive relationship, everyone said, which it is wrong for someone to abuse you, but you have to figure out 
did you allow it? Because if you allowed it, then to the person who's the abuser, they, they think it's okay. And so there's just so many little tiny things that we have to look at within ourselves to say, what role did we play? It's the first thing I do if something goes wrong and say, hmm, what role did I play? Maybe I didn't play a bad role in it, but you always have to examine that because that helps you notice what you need to change. Very true. And I feel like a lot of that can be unconscious and it's, you, you sometimes need a third party or a, a second party to point it out to you, right? To, somebody who's outside of you to be able to see that because our, our minds protect us from that the pain or, or whatever it might be that's, that's blocking us to move forward. Right. It, I'm curious for yourself in your own life, when did that happen to you? For what? what like the that? aha moment. The, oh, something the light bulb uh, turned on well i've had a lot of bad things in my life um but it was it was when i met bob proctor i feel like he helped me understand that you do play a role in everything and once you discover that about yourself so when i met him and i started listening to all his things and and talking to him as a person I realized one day when I was doing something like, oh, that's it. it, it's me. I have to figure out how to change this. And so everything fell into place after that. Yeah, I mean, I imagine uh, meeting Bob Proctor probably helps a lot. Can we all just meet Bob Proctor? <laughs> He's a great man and, I, and I, I put his teachings in my book. I always highly recommend people follow him and listen to him. He's, he's a genuinely good person and he is very talented in what he does and he taught me a lot so and i think just to speak from personal experience that aha moment sometimes what it is for me is whenever i have the the thought that i don't want to have or the unconscious thought that's negative that's holding me back and i notice it and then i switch it i swap it out so it's for me in the beginning like it's not that i just automatically think positively, I notice that I'm thinking negatively and then I switch the word out or I switch the phrase out to something that's positive and then right. just reinforcing that each time it happens. Because once you catch it once, you tend to keep catching it. Yes. So if someone's watching this right now and they're starting from scratch, they're starting to just, you know, grow wealth in their life, which could be happiness, uh, building better relationships, building a better internal dialogue or trying to make more money, whatever that might be, where should somebody start if, if they're on that beginning path today? What would you say to them? I would say to first discover what works for you. Maybe you need to research some things yourself. Maybe you need a mentor. Maybe you need to just reach out to a coach or to somebody who has the resources who can help you. So please don't ever give up hope that you can change and that you can have a better life. So decide what resources that you need and what kind of accountability partner or measure that you need and start building from there. Just take one step. If it is like, oh, I could use so-and-so as my accountability partner, that's a step. That is a step that you can take. You made a decision that there's a step. Make a decision that I'm going to make positive changes in my life. Take the first shot, I guess. First shot. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's really important. I, I think that 
whenever you're starting out, especially the idea of a coach, and it seems to me, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, guys are more resistant to getting a coach than, than women are, at least in the, uh, the physical world of like training or anything like that, guys seem to be resistant. Maybe not so much in the business aspect, but especially like in the, in the life aspect. Uh, I, I've been resistant myself. And ever since I started getting coaches and getting people in my life who could lend me advice, either on the internet or in person, I've always been better off because of it. What do you say to somebody who doesn't think they need a coach or they think that's an, a ridiculous idea because I, I've heard that from people is like why would I need somebody to tell me what to do in my life like why can't I shouldn't I be out there figuring it out myself but there lies the problem because if they think that they can do it more of the same brings you more of the same if you're making the same track your progress if you're having the same results and your results you don't want then apparently you don't know how to fix it and you don't know how to start. Therefore you need a coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always say, uh, why not skip some steps? If you can meet somebody who's already been through it, who can advise yeah. you and help you through it, you could skip years. Yes. Or have the resources. Yeah. Trial and error. That's it's huge. It could be huge for your life. And it is, it always is beneficial. Yeah. Okay. So I want to dive into five. I'm going to give you five words here at the end. And I just want to know, uh, your definition or your meaning behind the five words before we do that though how can people get take the first shot uh where can they buy it you know can they get a personalized signed copy by peggy caruso how does all that work of course you can always reach out to me all my information is on my website which is lifecoachingandbeyond.com my books are available uh, right now on amazon and barnes and noble but february 9th they are going to be released here's a picture of my book uh, it's going to be released in all the bookstores. So sign up. And if you don't want to wait till then, reach out to me and I will send you a um, personal signed copy. Very cool. Awesome. Must, the accomplishment, I can imagine, because talk about the first step of starting something. Starting to write a book for me seems to be such a daunting thing to do and taking that first step and creating that. What does that feel like to have a finished copy in your hand? Like I created this from start to finish. It's hundreds of pages. It's like a, a life's work. What's that like? It brings uh, a warmness, a uh, sense of accomplishment, uh, makes you feel good that you um, follow through with a goal. Very cool I love to write. I love to help people. That is my goal. So. Awesome. All right. So I'm gonna give you five words. I just want to know your <laughs> feelings on all five. Ready? Okay. All right. The first one is love. What is my thoughts on love? Give I me your, your, when I say that word, what does it mean to you? Love brings me such gratefulness in my heart because you can love a, a thing, you can love a person, you can love a circumstance. I love life. And so I base every single day on love. I am so grateful every day to be alive. And I love life. That is my biggest love of all. What about integrity? I, integrity is your value and who you stand, what you what you stand for and what your belief system is. And so without integrity you, you don't have anything it's um it's a solid part of a value within your heart and your soul awareness awareness is huge 
that's something I teach all the time is to be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your circumstances, where you are, what you need to change. I'm always aware of what other people are saying. I'm aware of other people's feelings. And when you have that sense of awareness, then you tend to catch yourself before you make mistakes. Courage. Courage is wonderful because it's hard to have courage when you feel that you can't accomplish something or you're scared, fears, worry, doubt. So to have courage pulls you through all of those things. And the last one is dependable. I think dependable is an awesome word because um, it really means something when you know that you can count on somebody. So I always say that you can have siblings and you can have friends, but to say, who can I count on at four o'clock in the morning who would get up and be there for me is huge. And I am a very dependable person and I'm a very dependable coach. So I love that word. Very cool. Awesome. Peggy, thank you so much. This was so much fun. You've got so much wisdom to share. Everybody go out and get, take the first shot. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And thank you for having me.